Podcast listeners, this is May, and I'm a strategist on Gary's team. Today's episode is a Q&A with Nicola Mendelson, who is the VP of Facebook, EMEA. She asked Gary a lot of questions about brand authenticity and what some of the next big trends are. Enjoy, and if you want to intro a podcast episode, make sure you tweet at Gary V with your favorite episode and why. Gary V up next. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Um, hi everyone, here we are in Cannes and I am with the incredible Gary Vaynerchuk. I am so excited, we've been trying to do this for the longest, longest amount of time. And he's rocked up today in a Spurs kit, which my kids are absolutely uh, going to love. Everybody knows everything about you. You are a serial entrepreneur, you set up that first business, a lemonade business, <laughs> age seven. Uh, now chairman of VaynerX, CEO of ad agency, VaynerMedia. And we're actually going to talk today about authenticity and how brands can create real and meaningful connections with consumers. And I'm hoping you're going to share some of your top tips today. So welcome uh, to the Facebook space. Thank, Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. So let's get straight in. So tell me, let's, we're talking about authenticity yes. in a brand. What does it mean to you from a brand communication? You know, it's, this is an interesting question. I have a pretty for this world, a pretty left field point of view on this. And my point of view is that we need to achieve relevance. I'm looking at 11, 12, 13 faces right now and what Pepsi or BMW or Coca-Cola or Facebook means to all these people is actually different. And so for me, authenticity gets very close to relevancy because when you're a big brand, there are so many variables in your world. There's so many things that you're doing. You know, some people may drink a cola to get a burst of energy. Others, it may be a reminder of spending time with their grandmother. And I think we're so literal in today's brand and marketing world. We're so stuck on sentences and adjectives and we spend so much time on subjective things that don't matter to the consumer on the other end. So my perspective is, much like a human being, you and I are gonna act differently right now as humans in this interview than if we were with our family, than if we were on a weekend in Las Vegas with our best friends, than if we were presenting to 5,000 people. People are always like, Gary, you're a little bit different than when you I see you on video. I'm like, yeah, I'm on stage to 7,000 people versus I'm here with you. There's different versions. And I think people struggle in ad land to understand things are multi-dimensional. And so for me, authenticity is actually being comfortable in the 74 to 7,400 variations of how you show up. And so I think that we are, uh, that human beings, executives, are limiting brands' ability to be authentic because they want it to be so literal and so safe and so PR'd and so approved by the queen bee that, that I think we live in a very non-authentic world. And I think the reason humans continue to scale in popularity is they're a focus group of the audience. They're, uh, they're, a, they're an executive group of one. And I, I think one of the reasons real celebrities are struggling and have lost share is they do have PR people. They do have big deals with movie studios that they're scared of breaking. And so I think anyone who could actually show all the versions of themselves will win. And I think right now, the creative industry, A, isn't set up to make enough creative, B, has way too much B2B DNA in it to actually show up authentic. And this is not schizophrenia, this is not throw up against the wall and see what sticks, this is not being scattered, this is being true. And so I think authenticity uh, has a far more, uh, at its end, there's always a, something that delivers at the end, a piece of content or creative 
and I think it's being far more wide than it's been over the last 80 years. So who's doing it well? Which brands would you point to and go, nailed it? One of the things that I don't do very well is pay attention to what other people are doing. So this is always a tough question for me. There is something that's, you know, I thought Wendy's did a really good job over the last couple years of engaging at scale, uh, which then led to a voice that gave them a lot of freedom. Um, But the reality is I know what's going on in the Vayner world. Obviously, I know what's going on uh, in the broad sense, but I, I spent almost no time auditing what other brands are doing. And plus, if we're talking from a brand standpoint, well has to be reflected in business results. There's a ton of people that are gonna win awards today that business is declining dramatically. And I struggle with that because the point of that creativity is to drive a business result in this context or get people to vote or inspire a movement or cure a disease. Like, what's the point of output if you're not getting the end result? And so, you know, I don't know who's doing it well. I would say whoever's doing it well is definitely has business results and definitely has a breadth of execution. Okay. So you've been with businesses and you've taken businesses from you know very small to, to very big. Do you think there's different stages where authenticity and creative matters more? No, I think it always matters. As a matter of fact, right now watching everybody pay attention to all the sound behind us and like to me, and this is not a joke, this is very meta, I have so much empathy, especially as D-Rock and producers in my world have come into my world. The amount of empathy I have for people that are incredible at their skill set and what they think about is so important to me. At the same token, I genuinely live in a world where I think the person that's consuming this on the other side kind of enjoys the helicopter or the, the boat or like the, the microphone because it's real. And, and not, it's not that my point of view is right or, or production companies' points of view are right or wrong. I just think that I'm fascinated by this notion and we're living in the meta of it right now. First of all, to answer your question directly because I wanted to clearly make that point, creativity matters everywhere. If you're running for mayor in your you know, town or if you're running Coca-Cola. Um, and, I, and I think if you look at what's happening, look, there's a lot of th- politicians I desperately don't agree with but in their authenticity of being crappy, they get an audience. And I think we have to learn from that across the board. Okay. Now, earlier this year, you set up another new business, uh, the Sasha Group, all focused on um, small businesses. Yes. Now, what, what one piece of advice would you give to a small business out there that's looking to find its voice or its personality? That's a great question. Uh, lean into your founder, whether she or he is introverted or extroverted because they either are extroverted and charismatic enough to drive your business and you're a small company and you need something, or they're introverted but they actually know their craft very well. And though they may not be the most dynamic on film, they may be incredible in podcast form educating people how to do refrigeration or how to sell tires or whatever it may be. So lean into your founder and make as much creative output as you can for the platforms that are dominating the mobile device. The Facebook and Instagrams, the Snapchats, the LinkedIns, the YouTubes of the world is where the world is now playing. And making content in written audio or video form for those platforms is imperative for an SMB. We were getting tens of thousands of inquiries at VaynerMedia from SMBs and we couldn't take them on because we're too expensive for them because the business I built was to service big brands. But I came from SMB and I almost felt almost like a hypocrite slash you know, the reason I named it directly after my dad, Sasha, is because that's my roots and I thought we were ready to help that world and it's been very, I would, I would 
tell you honestly, it's been far more fulfilling helping these small companies. I mean, you, there's a nail, nail business in Toronto that was in deep, deep, deep trouble because their main distributor was about to like, they thought they might cancel them and sure enough, a year later they did, but we helped them build a direct-to-consumer business through leaning into their founder. I mean, I, I give advice that actually I watch happen. We leaned into the founder, we made a ton of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter content, and the business is up 3X in revenue. You have to understand, I lived it. Taking my dad's business from three mil, four million to 60 million, do you know what how life-changing that is for a business? I bought my car at a garage sale for 500 bucks. My brother got a Lexus. Like, it changes when you build a business like that. So, like, you know, we're doing incredible work with Chase and Budweiser and all this great stuff, but when you're helping an SMB, and look, let's call it what it is, being at the Facebook Pavilion. My point of view from the outside, the small and medium-sized businesses of the world have figured out Facebook far, far more than the biggest brands in the world because the biggest brands in the world deal with audacity and fake and SMBs can only live in the truth because if they live in fake, they go out of business. Okay, so any favorite, you've mentioned a few, any favorite platforms or tools that are really good for helping these businesses to build their connections? Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn has exploded in the last six months. LinkedIn acts like Facebook did six, seven years ago. Organic reach on LinkedIn is shocking. So there's that. Instagram story ads is the most underpriced ad in the world. Buying Instagram swipe up story ads that take you exactly to where we want you to go for two to three or four dollar CPMs and they're actually being seen, unheard of. So um, those are some of the things I'm excited about. Okay, and what about your own channels, your, your own podcast, I'm your dominating. own social? Yeah, it's going um, great. How are you learning to express, not, not that I think you have any troubles with this, but how do you think you're learning or tips that you can give about how you express yourself personally and what you've able, therefore, to be able to transfer into the brands that which you communicate for? Look, the single thing I'm most proud of sitting at Cannes is there's not a human here, not one, that makes more creative output than I do on a daily basis and collective, period. That is an audacious but factual statement. There's not one person here that makes more content than I do. And I'm a CEO of a company, not a creative. And in that, you can imagine, in a world where me and my team are producing 40 to 100 pieces of content a day across all these platforms, there's a practitionership that allows me, I mean, the amount of mistakes, you know, it's fun to have DRock here because he's on the text chain with me and my team. We change our mind seven times a month. I constantly shit on my own self once a week. Like I emphatically on Monday say, it's all about this and literally next Tuesday go, if we ever do that again, we're fit. I mean, this is real life. This is the truth. And so you're it, testing and learning with yourselves. At, at a scale that is unseen right now and should be replicated by everyone, which gives me much better insights to what the consumer's reacting to. And then obviously I'm a human with a certain kind of flavor, so that doesn't map to Dove the same exact way. So there's macro things we see that we deploy and then we see how it plays out. It's never literal from me to, I'm a human, I'm a 43-year-old man. There's a lot of things that don't navigate, but there's a lot of the truths that we navigate, that we test and learn there, and that we scale. So it is the ultimate test lab. Okay, so you, a few bold statements there, but I can say you are the only person in all the years, and I've interviewed a lot of people that has ever walked in with your own microphone, because you're literally just blogging and recording and observing the whole time. And listen, when I hear that sentence, 
my brain goes to charlatan, self-promoter, like audacious, I mean that. And, and I'm saying that because I want the audience to understand. When you're innovating, you're gonna be misunderstood. Like when we decided three and a half years ago to film everything, I knew that that wasn't gonna be so easy to navigate life. I mean, this is, at least this setting is somewhat normal. How about in your normal day to day when you're just going to a normal meeting and you're being filmed, like people are gonna cast judgment and I don't want to come across that way. It's just that the value of content at scale is the cost of entry for success, in my opinion, of this next decade. And yeah, that's why we do it. So you have famously predicted many trends that have come true, so we couldn't be here with the helicopters, planes, boats going on. What are the next big trends that you're looking at? I think that Alexa and Google Home is going to be a major, major factor over the next decade. And I implore, since we're here for, I always think Zucks has some secret lab when he's working on this, because I can't imagine Facebook not entering this foray. The attention of the end consumer is everything. You've tried Portal. Yes, I have. I have. You're right, I have. Um, and to that point, that's a, that's a solid counter. I, I think that voice activated decision making is going to be a big deal because consumers care so little about privacy and so much about saving time. And nothing saves you more time than sitting in your living room deciding you want to go to a movie and it is far faster for me to say, Alexa, Portal, Google Home, whatever Microsoft's got and whatever some Chinese company's got. Alexa, what movies are playing? That is faster than grabbing your phone and searching Vandango. And in that speed and getting your answers will be enormous disruption over the next decade. So I'm extremely bullish on voice activated devices. Okay. We're out of time. You've got a million places you've got to go to, but we have our Facebook tradition of the quick fire round. Don't overthink it, just say it. Do you guys so normally play awesome music right now? Do you post produce that way? You'll no? post produce okay. that and put da, it da, in. Da. And then we want fire and fireworks and everything in the background. So first one, can or California? Can. Okay. Man, I really don't like California. <laughs> You're honest. I love California's social point of view on the world. Yeah. <laughs> American football or baseball? American football. Okay. Tottenham Hotspur or Tottenham Hotspur? <laughs> Both. Okay. Good answer. Uh, cardio or weights? Uh, cardio. Okay. Uh, podcast or vlog? Ooh. Come on. You just literally asked me, like, which child do I love more? Yes. yes. By the way, real quick on that, every parent has a favorite child. That's not this true. Is, this is absolutely true. You're going to kill me with my four it kids. It is absolutely not true. Four it's kids? Not true. I promise you, you, you may not want to know this, but your mom definitely has a favorite. <laughs> I'm sure all four of you actually know who it is. Like for example, in my family, everyone knows it's me. Now, whose interview like, is this? <laughs> um, I will go with podcast. Ooh. I like making decisions. I think that audio is passive consumption and I feel like even a lot of people who watch my vlog actually only watch it with the audio while they're driving, working out. So I will go with, we are in the rise of the next decade of audio because we've gotten faster, technology is caught up, we want to consume information, but having to pay attention to the video versus listening while I do something else, not as valuable. Okay, and just for the record, Gabby, Danny, Sam and Zach, I love you all equally, don't listen it's to this Gabby. man. It's Gabby, it's <laughs> Final very important question, cola or lemonade? You know what's interesting? Cola, and this is funny, with a lemon in it. 
I only, no, it's not cheating. It's what's amazing about what you actually, let me be even more transparent. The, I've stopped drinking cola as much over the last five years, but I've kind of re-picked it up in the last six months because I missed it. I only drink cola with lemon and lime in it, only. I actually dislike, I, so much so I don't like regular cola anymore. I, fresh lemon and lime, not when they spice it. Like, I need to do it. Like the little pieces, and then I like bite the actual lemon and like eat the whole like peel and everyone freaks out. It's, it's like a whole to do. This was supposed to be the don't overthink it. Most people just go cola or lemonade, <laughs> not Gary. One message that I take out more than anything is experiment, experiment, try it. Don't, don't be afraid. Be more authentic, more creative things will happen and crucially, more business results will come. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.